All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Film Buffs podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about Man of Steel from 2013, directed by Zack Schneider. Snyder? Schneider? Snyder, I think. Um, once again, I'm Dan. I'm here with Alex and Jono. And uh, this is a film that has very mixed reviews. I think at the time, audiences seemed to like it, but it didn't really do well with the sort of DC faithful. So we're going to dive into this film, and we're going to talk a little bit about Henry Cavill being potentially replaced as Superman or let go as Superman. And uh, we'll probably get into Justice League and Batman vs. Superman as well. So, Jono, why don't you kick it off for us? Uh, well, I'm, I fall in the camp of somebody who really enjoys this movie. I know that a lot of people hearing that would probably disagree, and I know there's some hardcore fans that I've def- definitely gotten into some heated debates with. Uh, over this particular film but overall I enjoyed the picture and it's just one of those films that makes me say you know go after yourself rotten tomatoes you are not (laughs) you are of no use to me (laughs) and I mean that's not to say that rotten tomatoes is always a terrible reference but I think it's often over trusted and so are the critics who contribute to the percentages on that not to say that those reviews are actually like it's a good movie. It's obviously taking in a number of other factors, but anyways, I'm a fan. Sure, Alex. I think is the best film of the DCU for sure. I think it's very underrated for from like people say plenty of bad things about it, and some of them are like for me they make no sense. Like this is the best Superman film I've ever seen. That doesn't mean that I love it. But I like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I fall into the camp where I, w- I watched it again last night, and I've always enjoyed it. I feel like I remember going to the theater the first time, and I, I liked it. But I felt like this was one of those films where somewhere out there, there's a, a director's cut that has a lot more character development, and it sort of dwells on those moments more. But... Watching it again last night, I, I, I have to reevaluate that statement. I think this film is what it is, and I, I don't know that there's a lot more of it out there on the cutting room floor. Um, but that being said, you know, I, I enjoy this film. I, I do like it. I do, and I, th- I think it, it has definitely gotten an unfair rap in the past. Yeah, I think so, too. I it's think a not... lot of... I think a lot of fans really jump this is this has always been my theory on on the DC universe and especially with Superman uh, that that I've always felt has kind of shot its shot the whole s- cinematic universe in the foot versus how Marvel and I'll explain that how versus how Marvel's done it and their success and I'll explain that mm-hmm. in a sex <laughs> oh my goodness I in a sex <laughs> did you just say sex I just wanted to uh, I want to change this podcast to a different subject matter. <laughs> But very slowly by just like throwing those in there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden okay. we're talking about uh, fellatio by the end. Okay, anyways. so <laughs> Well, this, now that we have your attention. <laughs> so the uh, what I think about this is that Superman has been such an iconic, uh, just like he is the the superhero, right? Like he is kind of this... He he kind of he's he's the most famous most 
well-known superhero and therefore people have become so familiar with this guy that basically everybody's been beat over the head with either his story or they have incredibly high expectations with the morality that he should carry or the beliefs that he stands for and all of these things that he's just been so cemented in almost our culture i would say and i would say in the culture Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely. Uh, he's these are kind of the he's one of the i guess archetypal superhero characters that has been kind of like has replaced the greek gods of what used to be mythology for you know the greeks and and everybody right so this is there are there are there are you know, this is b- mythology for white America. Yeah, essentially it really is. And they've and he's such a definitive character that when you put him on the screen and people have seen him in these kind of his first time on the screen with uh Christopher Reeves, like you just can't you can't you can't he can't be done perfectly and people really get up in arms. They're too dedicated to what he is and what they first experienced him as. And I'll say when I watched the film when I was in my teen years i really enjoyed it actually because i thought hang on hang on sorry which film man of steel story sorry i've seen the original teen years yeah it, it was in... came out five years ago well it was my <laughs> early 20s whatever i remember watching it <laughs> i was it was before i went to australia it was i was i was a young adult it's 2013 you went in 2009 you, you oh was you i like yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. The first would, time I really cared no, no, about John, you would have you would have watched this movie as a family, as Tom likes to say. That's right. We I wa- I was in theaters and I actually <laughs> did not care about superhero movies at the time at all. I thought it was hilarious and it was one of those films that our good friend Tom was a huge superhero fan and he went in there like don't make fun of anything and I always would do that in these superhero movies from Marvel to DC. <laughs> I just loved it. I remember when the polar bears walking on the on the ice caps yep. or not the whatever on a f- ice on an I- iceberg. I just yelled out Superman, <laughs> and then Tom turned to me <laughs> and freaked out because he's because like, he's like you're ruining my cinematic experience here. Like he was such a he's such a stickler for that, and I loved it. But anyways, <laughs> I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was a great time, and uh, <clears throat> it was I I that was kind of like my first really enjoyable experience and being into the film uh kind of thing for me and super i really thought it was a great yeah. great well shot fun film um and whereas mm-hmm. d sorry i'll move on quickly whereas marvel has had these kind of characters that aren't as well known and they've had the the f- good fortune of basically being able to introduce seemingly new characters to a broader public than say the DC universe has had because DC's been in the cinematic world right. and done it relatively well uh, for huge audiences and everyone knows Batman, everybody knows Superman, everyone's familiar with Wonder Woman, um, and you know they're under a bit more of a microscope now. Whereas Marvel has kind of had that fresh start and they started really well. So it's like you've got this incredibly great unknown cast of characters to uh, the non-comic book world and that's why i think dc is failing or not doing so well based on pure expectations whereas you walk into a um uh what's it called um oh my goodness help me here uh, 
so you, uh, Doctor so Strange that, film, and you don't know who the heck this guy right. is, and you're like, great, yeah. great, great. That's awesome. That's fun. Never even knew about mm-hmm. this guy. He's got some really interesting quirks and great, incredible powers. Well done, movie. So you're saying that the expectation for Marvel films is actually lower than than a DC film? When they first started, I I don't think that a lot of people there was there's been like the idea of these people like captain america spider-man obviously is a huge character Mm -hmm. but i don't think that i think they started right with what many would consider not the a-listers of the marvel universe iron man wasn't well known to a huge audience at the time i didn't know who iron man was when i was growing up so outside of like the uh, the sort of comic book you never watched the 90s cartoon no, I never watched the '90s cartoon. No, I watched like, Biker Mice from Mars. Okay, <laughs> that one was cool. I like that one. It was a good one. Ducktales. Ducktales was awesome. Dark I, I still watch I it. Like, they have a they have a new version that came out like last year, and it's pretty cool. Like the animation is awesome. Yeah. Again, I I know that they are well known characters, but it, it, your 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 exposure to them. I mean, I probably I can say I probably would have heard of Iron Man, but I had no idea what he was all about. I didn't know his backstory. Right. You, they have this kind. They had this unique launch pad for a lot of these characters, where they they had a great advantage to introduce new characters, or at least not seriously well known characters, to an audience that was like, okay, sure, why not? I'll go see that. And it became very enjoyable, and it really right. blew up. And now it's essentially the new Star Wars of our generation, in a way. You know, you know what I or think not our generation, that but the actually made that happen. And comparing it to the DC universe, they had a plan since before they released the first Iron Man. DC was just like, okay, let's do Man of Steel, and we'll see how it goes from there. Totally, they it was never a response. Really had a plan, and like you can see it, like going a bit forward with Batman v Superman. It makes no sense. That movie is a mess. Really, it's just like it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Like what I see that this, like those two film have films have in common, is how powerful the beginning is. Like the first scene is amazing. Like when you start the Man, Man of Steel, that Krypton scene is fantastic. Like, it's so right. well set up. You have Jorel, like, they set up the characters and the world mm-hmm. so beautifully. You go to Batman v Superman. That starts up at the ending of Man of Steel. And it's so intense, so... I don't know, it's so well done. And then the movie goes downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Both of those it- films have <clears throat> the same thing. And then Justice League is just completely bad. I would say that D, that Man of Steel, I would disagree with that. I don't think Man of Steel goes downhill. I think it has dips, but overall I think it's a a good a well enjo- it's a well-made enjoyable movie that has a lot of entertainment value and it also tries to explore some really interesting themes that I think a lot of other films yeah. these yeah, yeah. days really suck at or they're just <clears throat> they make they make light of scenarios so much that it actually takes you out of the universe and you know what i i noticed this last time it's something last night when i was watching the movie that i i hadn't really noticed before and a lot of people have really complained that dc's devoid of humor and it's too heavy and yada 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 and uh, you know that's uh that's a response a flavor that people have gotten from watching dc or marvel 
which I don't think is right. something you should that ev- that you should demand of every single piece of entertainment that you have. I agree. And it's it's yeah, gotten yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of diluted the genre, I think, to think that you know, everything has to be made light of if it's hard to believe or you have to suspend your belief a lot for it. And there are actually mm. very subtle <laughs> jokes within Man of Steel that I noticed that is like it's very, very subtle, and they don't draw attention to it. Like, here's a joke. It's like it's there, and yeah. they they kind of just yeah. go on like normal in the film. And it's like, very, it's very funny when Superman and Zod are duking it out at the end, and they're frankly just ruining Metropolis. <laughs> it's it's a disaster. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Uh, but I'm you know, the, watching the, that scene right now, it's playing well, in the, the background like the movie where he gets, playing where he gets, <laughs> where Superman gets knocked into the construction uh, 167 or something days since our last since the last yes, injury and I, it goes to zero. Down. I wrote that down as well. But I mean, yes. it's a very very subtle that joke at a very serious it is very moment. Very subtle. And there are other ones throughout the film as well, right? It's a. I think they. Yeah. The, where people knock that film is, I think a. I think they'll look back on, you know, the how that film was looked at and realize that it was looked at through a Marvel lens that it didn't deserve to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was looked through a Marvel lens. It was looked through a Christopher Nolan lens. Sure, the bar was set up Nolan, too high with the, Christopher Nolan. In the way I'm talking about it, though, Christopher Nolan <laughs> was a... He was certainly not a light-hearted writer when no, it came no, no, to but Batman. No, 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 but I mean, like, most of the fans were just expecting to watch something as good as Batman Begins and the Dark Knight. Let's forget about the Dark Knight Rises. Okay, but people sure. were expecting yeah, that. that. People were expecting that, plus the Marvel humor. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I got to jump in there, too, because I remember going to the film the first time, and I did leave with a sense of dissatisfaction. Like, it wasn't, I don't know, it just didn't feel, like, great to me. Whereas, like, I, I left Batman Begins, I was like, that was amazing. But this one, I think you're right, Jono, that the more I've watched it uh, in recent years, like, uh, I watched it, like, a year or two ago, and I had that, that same sense of realization. I was like, you know what? There's actually so much good stuff in this film that I think it, it does age a lot better than some, some films will. I would say you it know? ages and, better uh, than many Marvel films. And I'm not, and I don't think yeah. Marvel films are usually perfect. I kind of walk out of a Marvel film, and I'm sorry to turn this into a Marvel versus DC analysis. We should definitely talk about the movie. But the one thing I will say about uh, Marvel is I usually walk out and I'm like, that was good movie but i'm not going to remember it in the next month like it's not it's not striking this like iconic uh chord with me many of them like i really enjoyed right. doctor strange but it's it's not a timeless movie it doesn't explore much much mm. that i haven't seen before and not to say that with superman but i think that they really did a good job of diving into uh bringing his messiah complex to the screen and really explore yeah, and, no. and a lot of the complaints about the film i always have thought like if i i look at that and i don't see what people's issues are like is yeah. is uh schneider's snoop <laughs> schneider's snoop is snyder's superman yeah he should be called snooperman uh is snyder's superman a passive character that a lot of people complain about i would argue that 
he is absolutely not passive. He has m- passive moments, no. but he always wants to be active, and his his earthly father tries to hold, tries to restrain that for the for the appropriate amount of time. And I would say that the ultimate test of his passiveness and activeness is that he takes on the Superman role before real trouble actually comes upon him and he chooses to again face that problem so he already he already puts on the the cape before zod shows up and he has a real problem to face Mm. and he's decided i am embracing what i've always wanted to be or what i've always been told that i need to wait who i am yeah and i thought that was a very interesting thing because he's not he's not it's not happening to him He's actively pursuing mm-hmm. that throughout most of the film. Actually, his childhood, he's not. He's holding back. He's running away. Mm-hmm. He's things are happening to him. Kids are pushing him in defenses and calling him Dick Splash. Weirdest insult ever. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit strange. <laughs> it yeah. really yeah. stood out to me. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's a perfect film. I'm just saying like the rap that it gets, not not warranted. Hundred percent. I, yeah, I'm with you there, man. Like I. I enjoy the moral dilemma of the character. I love that Superman comes and you s- they give you all this backstory of him being bullied as a child. And you, you look at a lot of people who-, who don't actually recover from being bullied and the-, the harm that is caused to them by being bullied as a kid, right? So to be a character like that, to be someone who has these, these special giftings, and then to live your life as an outcast as well. But then to, to come to the conclusion at the end where, where you have that moment where it's like, why, why should I fight for them? What, what do I owe them? You know, They haven't done anything for a- you. You don't really have friends. And then to choose, no, these people are worth fighting for. I think that is, that is great character development. I think it's, it's pretty awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. And you don't get this sense of... It's a it uh, there's a ma- there's a bit, there's a sense of scale in this film that I think that they accomplished really well where like in the in the other movies uh, even like I I have some defenses for Batman v Superman that I think a lot of people wouldn't agree with but I don't I'm not saying that's a great film sure. either. Uh Justice League I was very disappointed with that but uh the I think that they did a great job of focusing in on on Superman as an individual while also mm-hmm. making him like a a big character in a big world that you don't lose him in or you don't get lost in like where are we what's going on right now uh they they do yeah. they do a lot and they make it feel they bring the conflict they bring the focus in while also making mm-hmm. it feel like the, the distance he's traveled, the hardships he's gone through, the places he's been to to get here, where he is now fighting Zod. I think they do a really good job of tracking him through his story. And it's paced, for me, very well. Almost too slow at the beginning, actually, I would say. But I I really, I was really? like... Really? Well, no, at, I, I'm going to backtrack on that. At, I initially okay. get that impression... But I'm like, this is good. Like, I really want to see Superman, but he does not show up till very late in the film. And we really get a sense yeah. of 
where he comes from as a character and like you said he's a, he is there's it's a lot of character development it's a it's a lot of testing of that character as well like mm-hmm. that's what it is all the way throughout it's a constant test of his character and shaping and molding of his morals from jonathan kent and then the baton gets passed back on to his father who started the whole journey i thought that was a fantastic kind of um contrast of of two father figures guiding somebody to this place of making Mm -hmm. the decision for themselves no one was forcing him to make these decisions they put the they they leave the path before him even when lois lane is sent out in the escape pod he doesn't say go save her he says you can save her you can save all of them. You could save them all. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. he... If and you want, if you choose. He gives him the choice. And he just... And obviously, it's a very, you know, obvious uh, crucif- uh, like Messiah crucifix kind of uh, arms spread on the cross kind of thing <laughs> going away. But it's still a very powerful moment, right? Like, it's, uh, it's, Dude, it's the, a transition Dude, the period. visuals of that scene are unbelievable, though. Like, when he just, like... <clears throat> When he just floats out of the spaceship like that, I yeah. love that. Totally, there's so many amazing visuals. Like for me, uh, this film was the first time. You know, I've watched all the original Supermans and the Brandon Routh one and everything like that. This is the first time you actually get excited about the visuals of Superman flying. It looks so amazing. I think they did such a good job in the whole look and feel of this film. When he faces but, uh, the army, I ju- hang on, oh, I man. just want to. Just, just, I just want to, I just want to touch on one thing. Yeah, go for it. What you said about um, they do such a good job of bringing in the character. It's like that line that his mom says when he's a kid. It's like he says, "The world's too big for me, mom." And he says, "Just make it small. Just focus on my voice, right?" And I think that's what you're getting at. Is that Superman is in this big world, and they're they're bringing it down, and they're just focusing so much on the character. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. Yeah. Alex, your thoughts? Alex? <laughs> I was just listening. I think, like, the whole visual thing of this film is great because Sex Snyder is a guy who reads comics, and every single frame he does is based on a comic book frame. Like, that's how he works. Like, just go back to 300 and watch him, and, like, mm-hmm. that's what he really does, and he's really good at it. I think the character development, too, in this film is great. Like, they do make you care about every single character in there. I don't know if I'm a big fan of how they set up all of his childhood things. Like, I don't I don't like how they go back and forth when he's in the fishing boat. Mm-hmm. I really don't enjoy that that much. And yeah. See, for me, these scenes with, like, Kevin Costner and him as the outsider... That I like. like. Waiting waiting for his time. Like I think those are so good. And when you, you put it put it into the scope of the film and you and you look at his relationships to the outside world and how negative so many of them are and have been, I think it just makes that choice to stay that much more powerful. Yeah, everywhere you know, that, he goes, he's even even when he's just doing a job, he's an outcast. And that's he every scene that they establish in, in, him in, he is it is another nail in the coffin for why would I ever help these people? Whether it's the captain yeah. calling him greenhorn and, or the, the mm-hmm. whatever first mate pushing him and saying, what's your, what's your problem? Are you stupid? 
uh, when the cage falls, mm-hmm. when the kids are bullying him right in front of his dad, and his dad doesn't, and Jonathan Kent doesn't step in. Uh, I think it's uh, he, he. His dad knows that he again needs to face these trials because he needs to be on the outside looking in when the time comes because he needs to make that call. And because if he ever, if he didn't, if he wasn't treated that way, then it would never, then, then it, he wouldn't co- like committing to a cause wouldn't matter. It would just be like, I, I'm just, I'm benevolent. I do good. Yeah. You know, like he, yeah, he, no, it's a, uh, without, without the opportunity to do evil, your choice to do good means nothing. Yeah. There's so much weight put on him as a character and his decision. And that is really powerful stuff. And to compare him to, I guess, Tony Stark in that sense, I, a lot of people have said that he's kind of the Tony Stark, I guess, or maybe he'd be the Captain America. Superman? Well, they, there like, have been I, people like have... Tony Stark? Well, I know what sense. you mean, but like their story, their <laughs> Tony... I know not Tony Stark, but like in to compare his journey to Tony Stark, there's a lot of weight put on his decision to, you know make that shift from being a billionaire playboy. I know you would more so... Per- I'm, I'm doing a storyline comparison because there's a very obvious change in Tony Stark's character in Iron Man. So I would say, like, like, I would say he's more like Steve Rogers. Yeah, he's definitely... Okay, so in his moral compass, yes, he's more like right and yeah. wrong kind of thing. But I would yeah. say that, that uh, Superman but explores... Steve Rogers is always, always good, though. He's like, always... Steve, exactly. Steve Rogers never has that, that like, I'm, I could do bad. I don't owe anyone anything. He's always good. And that's why I'm comparing him to the Iron Man movie, yeah. because I would say that that's one of my favorite superhero movies. And it's because Tony has an and and Tony's arc over the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe has been an incredible arc to watch because he only he always is he's always kind of um, working from that point of change and continually evolving and changing as a character and becoming mm. more purposeful more purposeful in his decisions. He had a very big turning point in his character art in the first film and i think they did a really good job of doing that in this film whereas steve rogers you're right dan like he's always been like america first and that's probably the only thing that's really changed in his character is that his viewpoint that he comes from is now not from a place of patriotism or patriotism it's more from a place of just more so like what's right and wrong (laughs) you know like he thought he yeah. was he was looking at right and wrong through America an American lens and then he looks at it through an earth lens basically and good and bad which is I I love Steve Rogers as a character I think he's great he's a he's a great contrast to Tony Stark but again yeah. his superman shift is was a very he was given every reason to give up on basically ever but he was given every reason to go the other way and he didn't we knew he'd go to good but at the same time he's a he's a more complex superman than i think we we've seen in past superman films absolutely and i I love that so much and same with tony stark very complex character i love this scene where he's deciding and he goes to the church and they choose to put in the background of the church they have over superman's uh, i think it's his left shoulder it's the garden of gethsemane picture you know where jesus goes to the garden he says don't make me do this right like he tries basically to get out of of 
going and saving the world. And then on the other side, it's Jesus post-crucifixion and he's in his sort of resurrected glory. So you have the, the visual juxtaposition while he's having the moral, uh, the moral, um, what's it called? The moral conflict internally as well. And I think they do such a good job of painting you that picture, mm-hmm. you know? It, it's, I don't have to do it. I could get out of it, you know? Yeah, they, they've, they've done a great job of bringing that, those two they are they are kind of they are archetypes in their own in their own right you know but they obviously mm-hmm. like superman is very much coming from based on that story right and i thought they did a really fantastic yeah. job of of obviously bringing those themes in um but also yeah they, i just thought it was a very well um balanced film in the sense of like bringing him through that journey of becoming basically a sacrifice like like making that same kind of decision right like these i'm going to i would die for this this planet you know and it's a and it's a it's really cool that they they managed to maintain that a lot of films end up losing that through uh throughout the 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 action sequences and obviously there's a huge action sequence at the end where it's in probably one of the most destructive yeah. <laughs> one i would say yeah. <laughs> like just for two people fighting sometimes and again i'm not saying it's perfect at points i was like okay let's chill out let's take this outside a little bit let's go to space a little yeah. longer or something like that but then they collide with the satellite that comes back breaks more stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like they're like oh it's uh they're gonna take a break from breaking the buildings. Everybody can just kind of get their get the papers back on the desk. Oh no, the satellite is coming back! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just yeah, a... I'm, I'm with you there. The, the scale <laughs> of of the destruction in this is is rightfully criticized. I think. Oh, for because sure. Because it goes from just destroying like poor middle of nowhere Smallville, it, like everything gets blown up like crazy. You know, like. The train comes through and blows something up. Like the, uh, yeah. the gas truck spills over and blows something. Everything just like helicopters are crashing into Smallville. It's like that town has no money to yeah. rebuild itself. <laughs> this <know>? this <laughs> economy is so screwed. But hey, they would have if they if Smallville's getting the profits <laughs> from the product placement in that scene, they'll be fine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> we be got fine. Sears, Seven Eleven. We got IHOP a few times. Like man, the camera. Oh, oh that's a lot of product placement. You're right. <laughs> oh my goodness, it, it man! It was so CRs. conspicuous. Oh, it was crazy. Like the amount, yeah. like of Sears and IHOP in that film, it was just. Yeah. I was like, this is well, kind of funny, man. This is. I laughed at this one. Like, after he gets, like, thrown into the 7-Eleven at the very start of that fight, like, you see the big green 7-Eleven sign as he plummets into it. Yeah. And then he gets up and he walks out as he's about to face the person. He look like, if you look right on the ground beside him, is another small 7-Eleven sign. It's, like, perfectly intact oh, and, like, man. facing the camera in this most conspicuous way, man. Like... That I you know <clears throat> that James that, Bond gets criticized a lot for its product placement, but this is some of the most conspicuous pro- product placement oh, I've ever man. seen. The net, the only thing that they that the next natural step is like if he crashes into the IHOP and then someone starts reading him the specials. Like, <laughs> like I was like, geez, man, this couldn't be worse product placement. <laughs> Just can't imagine like smash. <laughs> it's like 
sir, we're having a special on pancakes with extra whipped cream. <laughs> just like do I would love to ad. see that deleted scene. Yeah, I would love it too because that was so freaking obvious. Like that, yeah, the Seven Eleven. It was just too much. I actually forgot how much. I always knew there was the Sears sign in there, and like, yeah, just a bit too much. And Smallville, man, do they really have a Sears and Smallville? But hang on. I thought Sears was a Canadian company. No, it's American. No, it's American, yeah. Well, it is might, it it might okay. be Canadian, and I don't know. I don't know the history of Sears. The important think part it's is American it didn't do anything for it now because it's out of business. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, Sears yeah. is out of business, man. It went out, It went under oh, like three man. years ago. So, yeah. Well, maybe destroying but Sears based on wasn't my... exactly the, the boost they were hoping for. <laughs> Yeah, we'll let Sears get destroyed. That'll bring people in. You know what? They probably said in the last board meeting, it's like, you know what we shouldn't have done? We shouldn't have put all that money into Man of Steel. (laughs) 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 And it might have been two years ago. Apparently, my timeline on things is way off. because You were a teenager when you watched the movie. I was 12 when Sears went out of business. I still have all the I was blossoming (laughs) as a man when it came out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's when I discovered the Sears catalog. <laughs> it was 1929. The world was in an economic crisis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I go way back. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Logan. John is like Wonder Woman. He's been around since the First World War. Yeah. I like that I, I, like that I labeled that movie. myself as, as Logan, and then you call me Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about Logan. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, like, I uh, I'm okay with being Wonder Woman. She's She's pretty. Well, you have great thighs. Yeah. Yeah. And a nice person, too. Yeah. But, you know. Um, Okay. So I want to get into the uh, the production design of this film a little bit. The the first time I saw the opening sequence, I, I didn't really love it. But the more I've watched it and watching it again last night, it's, again, one of those things that I've come around on. And I really love the design of Krypton. I think the whole like kryptonian aesthetic is really really cool like it's very flowy and arty but then it has like such hard edges at times and it's just um it's really beautiful to look at and i thought it was an interesting way to like combine the sort of like super advanced uh world and and economy and whatever you culture but then also still have these ties to nature Mm-hmm. You know, like they've got they they fly on the the thing with, what I guess was essentially a, a dragon, or a four winged horse or something like that, and then all of their ships are sort of like beetle shaped and everything like that. They have like a yeah, not not a you know what I mean? Like they, they have, have like this an very exoskeleton like skeleton kind. Of, yeah, it's a very uh, it was a very interesting choice uh, art direction wise for sure for them to go yeah. with that. Uh, it, it is a very organic. But also very. It's really um, similar to the comics. That's how it looks in the comics, really. They just modernize oh, it, it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I read a lot so you, of comics. Yeah, you're very familiar with the comics, yeah. right? So tell us about it. Like, if you if you enjoyed it, that's my favorite. My fa- my favorite sequence of the whole movie. Like, really mm-hmm. blew me away, and the way it looks yeah. feels different. Like, I don't know if you remember the '70s movie with Marlon Brando. That everything looks yeah, like the yeah. fortress of solitude, and that's kind of that's kind of weird. I don't know. It's very bare and yeah, stark. it's like so plain, and and it really it looks futuristic for the time. But I love how yeah. they put a lot of effort to recreate what you see in the comic book pages, 
because the way okay. it's described, like if you see Doomsday in the comic books, like he's made out of rock mm -hmm. and has like this feeling that it kind of looks like the planet and like the, the exoskeleton creatures. type yeah. of feel, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's and that's I've only seen good. I've only seen Doomsday in the um, the <clears throat> Superman Omnibus. I think it's the Death of Superman. Is that is that what he originally looks like? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how it looks. Okay. Yeah, and it's pretty interesting, really. What I stopped liking about the production design of the film is actually nothing. That's one of my favorite parts of the film. Everything. The, the production design is incredible. Yeah, I, I love it. So too. People people complain about the suit, how dark it is, but I really like it. Oh, I love dude. I love how it looks when the light hits it in, in a certain way. You can see the blue glowing. It's really nice. This it's, the suit was one of the best choices they made in that. Like oh, I man. love that they got rid of the the red underwear. Yeah. And I love that they took I, they took off the yellow on the cape. I love the color. They just stripped grading, it like, down. They they toned yeah. it down, and it it looks like chain mail. Yeah. which I think is so cool. They've done a fantastic job with like taking the right liberties in that in that world that they chose to build around him and just his suit in general. Like I I think they made I that I was never distracted by any of that stuff at all and I find it really funny when people complain about that that they want a more like saturated blue in his and, suit. And just look how it looks no. on on Justice League because they listen to the people. It looks like uh, Silly, so shiny man. and awful. Yeah, it looks yeah. fake. Well, it's like know. the same yeah. thing. Sorry to come back to Marvel on this, but like Captain America started in that very comic booky blue, and it looks so goofy. It it doesn't it doesn't stand mm -hmm. the test of time because it's just it really takes away from like the the legitimacy of the character. I find when they're a little when they're extremely this in this extreme saturated color, like he, Superman stands out, but he also blends into that world. Whereas if he if it was too over the top and too true to the actual comic books and too saturated he would stand out apart from it too much and it just doesn't feel right you know i can see that i know what yeah. you're talking about with justice league and you're right it feels funny it feels weird and i think a lot of people complained about that kind of stuff it's like say like that it lended to the darkness of the of it but i was like i actually think Sorry to come back. Sorry to do. Well, not sorry. I'm very. No, I'm no, on this. Just do it. This the, is our uh, podcast. You don't need to apologize to anyone. Well, sorry to get <laughs> off topic and go back, but I thought that they did a fantastic job of taking this film art direction wise and setting setting up this their kind of visual, um, their visual look for the whole series, and then they completely abandoned that. And that yeah. for me was like yeah. it was a really well done, good look that they established, and then it went yep. into this like whole other whatever the fans wanted kind of thing. I was like, man, you did a good job the first in Man of Steel. It worked really well, and I, I they completely started deviating from that, which is so sad because I thought it was visually stunning. Yeah, me My, too. The, what the, I value uh, the sorry, most. Go ahead, Alex. What I value the most about this movie in particular and actually Batman v Superman is that they were going for a, a specific look like they looked at Frank Miller's comics Alex Rose drawings Jeff Love art like all this stuff from the comic books from that era of Batman and Superman that is so iconic like that greedy look that dark feeling that look of how or no like a world in conflict and they created that and they they 
did a great job reflecting that. Marvel, on the other hand, they don't do that. Like they have everything in the Marvel universe looks completely plain and flat. And apparently they decided to do that because they say that that's like their, their movies are going to age better because of that. But it doesn't have any character to it. Yeah. Right. Mm. And what is beautiful about this kind of movies is that you have levered like the freedom to do whatever you want with the look. You can make it look as, I don't know, like as fantastic as you want. Just look, let's take, for example, the Harry Potter movies. Like they, they don't look real, but they look great. Yeah, they're they're artistically well, except for the first one, you can see all yeah. the green. No, the first the first, the first two movies look but yeah, awful. No, but know, the moment that Coral jumps yeah, in, sure. and he decides to, you know what? Like we need to have a yeah. special look to these films, and the moment he does that, like the whole franchise got better, and people were more mm. into it than before, and is what happened with these films. But the moment that people start complaining that they are just too dark and they look like crap, look at Justice League. Look, just look yeah, at what happened. Yeah. It became so laughable a, in that. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I think it's so such sad. a shame the way that like internet culture and like every everybody's voice is is demanding so much and actually getting so much from these studios that have yeah. all the real control. You know, it's <clears> like um, it's. I think the public voice is so insane these days that it's getting in the way of anything that's really worthy of like artistically. You need to trust you know, like, your to, artists. To trash this film. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like these guys are working so hard to, to give you a version of something that you love. <clears throat> and then they're it was just so wantonly destroying it, you know? Did you yeah, guys, it's really, did it's you guys really see the Batman be Superman extended cut? I did. Yeah. No, it's I, a I it's it. a better film. Yeah, I bought it too. I heard some people saying it's actually a better movie. It's better. It's not a great film. Okay, but it is better. It's three hours. I need to check that three out. hours to get long. In, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Uh, I I haven't watched good. it more than more than twice. I don't think or once. Yeah, me too. I've seen it twice, and that's it. But it's yeah, but it is it does it does do a better job of. You can tell that they didn't uh, they didn't make that film for the time limit that they released it to the masses for because the loopholes were actually covered not i can't say perfectly but they they did a better job of doing it like a lot of important stuff that people complained about were in the extended cut you know yeah i i my my thing about we'll we'll deviate off of man of steel for a second and into batman v superman but once again they carried that darker feel through to it maybe it went a little bit too dark but i also did think that they went to they didn't quite stick to that the look and feel that they established with man of steel entirely but i will say that batman v superman i think gave us the best batman we've ever had and that's my personal opinion but i think ben affleck uh was a fantastic batman and the way that they portrayed him on screen and made made you realize that this guy is at least has the cojones to handle being in the Justice League. You're like, yeah. great job of like, of doing that because people are always like, "Oh, Batman can't fight Superman. What a joke!" He's like, "Well, they did a he good can. job of, yeah, they did you, a good job of that." The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
in the Dark Knight Returns, like Batman kicks Superman's ass like in five minutes. And I love that one. But it he does it with an a, awesome. He, he does novel. it with a plan. Like he does it. He yeah. does. He he does yeah. it in a in a way that he's he's got an end game for it. He's not just like, fighting I, him. I have the brains. That's what I always love about Batman. But so he also cool. has the this one where... like unbelievable confidence about what he's doing, which is which makes him such a believable character. You know that he's not. He's not just this human that's out there. He he's 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 got a plan. He's a and he also yeah. is just like I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. And you're just like good, awesome. I want to see this. <laughs> like it's kind of it's a very <laughs> it's a really cool character. And I think that they got pretty close with doing that with Ben Affleck. But I do agree with a lot of the critics on it that they didn't really set their they didn't set them up. Um, Establish the two the the crux of what their are their differences were enough to make you believe why they would fight. You didn't. I, I actually agree really? with that. Well, in some in some cases, I think there were components to it that worked. But if in the in a Dark Knight Returns, though, like they yeah. have a very clear like Batman is causing a ruckus and Superman is invested in order and like right and like doing right by you know the the american mm -hmm. people and not messing yeah. up this whole country and cut and doing what he's doing and going against the law like they kind of switch like, the roles right yeah uh, in a yeah, way because yeah, here's superman the, yeah. superman is the evil guy here and he's like the one who's making damage to the city and to the world supposedly yeah but I, it's kind of like he's bat batman in that film particular film it's it's an old wound by that point it feels like the distance between the the two the moment where he realizes he needs to do that sometimes feels a little bit far but i do think that there were great elements of that film too like i'm not i actually was a pretty big fan of it when i first saw because like batman's so awesome in this and i love oh, man i love man <laughs> i love superman i almost step out of the theater with that film i i know i can understand a lot of people doing yeah. that but like i thought they did a freaking it was no suicide it was, squad. It was what I was saying. I wanted to leave Suicide Squad. <laughs> that you wanted, like, was Suicide Squad. You know what? It's the worst thing. I watched Suicide Squad twice in the theater because I couldn't believe how bad it was the first time. I hated wow. that I movie. That, like, I thought it was me. Casting like, and everything. With... Yeah. Right. Yeah, I th yeah, anyway, I don't want to get onto who who was a bad cast in in that one, but um just everything was Yeah, I I like the I really like the way that they tied in uh Batman versus Superman with Man of Steel. Like I I love that they cut to Batman running in and like having to save people and seeing the insane destruction that Superman is actually capable of and that being his motivation for dealing with him. You know what? That's a very interesting point because you're right. It is a, it was, and Alex, you made this point too, that that was a really cool opening scene and it was a fantastic tie-in and this great, you know, realization for another character in putting him, and now you watch Man of Steel and you're like, Batman's somewhere out there. You know, He's yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and, the, and it and it, it actually took this superhero problem, which, um, a lot of movies have really like th this isn't the first movie to blow the crap out of a city, like, let's be real, but yeah, they took exactly. that and it was like this was a disaster, and 
people are angry about it still. We didn't forget about this moment. Like that city got wrecked, and you now Batman's funny? like going. Batman's like the super the superhero destruction simply will not do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going back to to Marvel, like Man of Steel comes out 2013. He destroys yeah. the whole city. Everybody is angry at him, and then Age of Ultron comes out 2015. And it's the same oh, thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like they destroy the city and the civil war. Everyone is angry at them, but they complain yeah. about Man of Steel. But on uh, Age of Ultron, it's fine. Like that's when when people yeah, really bother me. Like it makes no sense. Like why do you complain about this movie, about this universe? This but in, the, if Marvel does have... it, it's okay. Yeah, it's a predisposition. It's the exact same amount. It's the exact same amount of destruction as you get in any of the Marvel movies. Like they even have the scene where, where what's his name, um, Zod runs up the building, and it's like that is Hulk running up one of those buildings in New York and just destroying it as he goes. Yeah. Now, how many times have they destroyed New York? And nobody in, complains in about it. The universe? Avengers have they... destroyed two cities oh. now, and it's it's unreal. Like the, the yeah, they I mean get the a, Avengers, they lifted that one whole city off Wakanda. the earth. That was age, that was <laughs> right? Age of Ultron, and uh, Avengers yeah. one was like New York, New York just getting creamed by New Loki York. and uh, the no. um, uh, Thanos's people. Three cities, three cities. So yeah. New York, uh, that uh, Russians. It was in Russia, the Age of Ultron. I don't remember. And Wakanda. Three yeah, cities. wherever that was. Yeah, that's Easy. right. Yeah. yeah, three major. Well, I guess yeah. the Russian one's not a major well, one. Well, Wakanda doesn't really count because it's it's so isolated from the world. Well, the 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 in uh, Age of Ultron, that city kind of felt like a cop out for city destruction. It's like you don't know where this is. Yeah. <laughs> no one yeah. really cares. It's like let's it's destroy it. As a matter of fact, like let's that. just yeah. uproot the whole city and drop it from the sky. Yeah. That was like that was basically yeah, like that the, won't cause problems. <laughs> yeah, totally. Sokovia. That's right. Sokovia. Yeah. When this thing yeah. falls, when this thing falls. Back, back to earth <laughs> yeah like that that was uh and then in uh what's it called in um uh is it civil war where no no it's uh winter soldier the the uh shield base is oh, in yeah, the middle the, of the dc or something shield is it dc yeah. or is that flying new york base. too i think it's dc yeah and yeah. just everything gets destroyed like so i mean no 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 superhero film is infallible and again, in, in uh, Civil War, they do deal with that. Like, look at the destruction here. Look at the destruction here. But, I mean, Man of Steel yeah. was the first one to kind of set up that that destruction for its next film, right? And, or at and least... Batman v Superman did it before, like that, like the consequences of destroying the city before then Civil War. Well, they came out within a couple months of each other, yeah. I think, didn't they? Yeah. 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 So and, it's and interesting like... that they were all on that same theme and train. Exactly. The, the already right you had civil war and batman v uh, superman yeah. I, I almost think it's intentional because it's like you know we're gonna do like, the we're gonna do this first or we're we're gonna put it out there and like just see what happens with the audience and it's like back in the 90s like on. with the disaster movies like let's make two volcano films and we'll see oh, yeah, which one right. is better <laughs> yeah like that. an asteroid Dante's film. peak and volcano yeah. there was yeah. armageddon and deep impact deep impact yeah, yeah that's right just like that and then the you had formula. all of the, but like, now we have the monster movies like lake placid and uh anaconda <laughs> yeah what a, yeah what that's an right what and what do you guys think about was. like we've talked about everything but what about henry cavill the superman what do you think 
You know, I I like him a lot in the first one. Um, I liked him in Justice or uh, Batman versus Superman as well. I think he 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 looks amazing. Like he is so flipping jacked. I do have one complaint though, which you know I'm, this is nitpicky. Um, like his body is so huge and like his shoulders are so gigantic. But if you look, he has very skinny forearms and almost like <laughs> tiny hands, and it just. It's a very small detail, but like, it looks like he neglected to do any sort of forearm work for this. So he's got these gigantic like biceps, and then these little tiny forearms. And uh, if you watch like uh, Pumping Iron with Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, because this is what all of our superheroes are based on is the look of Arnold, right? Arnold talks so much about um, uh, what's it called proportionality and he is specifically the forearms as well as like if you've got big big biceps you really have to focus on your forearms otherwise you're out of proportion anyways that's my little uh tangent on the superman look the physique but other than that i think he he does a really good job i think in justice league like i think that he's just phoning it in in justice league you know yeah everybody's phoning it in in justice Uh... league like he was Martha phoning Kent, it like, in, like on. Uh, it seemed like he was phoning it in on Batman v Superman. Like that whole mustache thing is just like just shave the freaking thing for the scene, for you know. Well, no, no, no. That that was for Justice League, not Batman. Oh, v that's Superman. right, it was. Sorry, yeah, terrible. Yeah. So yeah, he phoned yeah. it in. Sorry, Batman v Superman, he's fine, but still. But that's the thing, though. Like they had they had finished they had finished shooting the principal photography of uh, Justice League. He got on to Mission Impossible. He has to have the mustache for Mission Impossible, and then they call him back for more. They had to reshoot shooting. like sixty yeah. or seventy percent of the movie. That's that insane. Sucks. The moment so that's, that that's why they had to in. do that because yeah. he was already on. And then he caught. Yeah. Then Josh Whedon just like jumped ship after the thing got released. That was the weirdest thing I've people, ever seen. People in my might life. hate me because saying this, but I don't. I don't like Josh Whedon. I did after seeing how he handled that, like as a professional, how he how he basically threw the film under the bus and said, I'm not responsible for this train wreck uh, in Mm. less words or in less direct words. I was just like, that's so unprofessional. Just like stand by your film. Like, who cares if you came in halfway through this? Like. It, it might have been you a train wreck, credit. but just, just don't say anything. Like, just, like the guy, shut up. The guy was yeah. in charge for the rewrites. Yeah. Like, yeah, he got a he got a double credit in the in the movie, right? Like at the beginning of the film, it says directed by so uh, Zack Snyder, and then there's another title card that says directed by Joss Whedon. Really? Yeah. I yeah didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. it's uh it, that that to me, I I I didn't really care for him that much in the first place, but I, I lost a lot of respect for him as just somebody who's a writer and director. I was like, okay, fine. So throw throw this. Uh, like, yeah, to blame like someone else the... for this. I like him in the first Avengers, but the second one was awful. Mm. That Age uh, of yeah. Ultron. And, yeah. and then uh, Justice yeah. League was just like, yeah, it just looks like bo- like another episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like he got, he got, he got <laughs> <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> that is uh, very funny. I like it. Yeah, the the whole like that whole scene it, at the it, end it, was a disaster. I'm so oh, I'm so sad about that. Anyways, yeah, it, the the stakes in that film were not great, and the whole like, 
I think they missed a lot of good opportunity. Like I like where they the darkness of Batman again, and that he he feels so responsible for Superman, and the kind of the suicidal nature of him. You know, like I kind of like that, but I I feel like they really missed out. Oh, they stripped Batman of all. Sorry, of I his... gotta say that again. I gotta say that again. I just had a bit of an audio glitch. Um. So anyway, <laughs> they. The suicidal nature of Batman, I think, is really cool, and I, I like the guilt, and I like how seriously he he feels responsible for Superman, and then to just kind of gloss over it in um, in Justice League was they really missed a, a nice character moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought in Justice League they completely stripped Batman of everything that they had set up for him and basically validated every the audience's opinion that he can't play with the big boys and girls in the Justice League. Because when, when when Superman yeah. clubs I mean, him into the car and he Batman. just like lies on the lies on the ground, he's like, oh uh, you just like he's just like that you've you've made this character a joke. Like and if that, you know what, whoever was responsible for that is should be ashamed of themselves because Josh that just what, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that, that, that's yes, a, that's that another example of bringing that's hundred percent. That's another example of bringing humor into a place where it didn't need to be in the first place, and it and it 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 it, uh, it strips your characters of validity in that scene, like it or in that entire franchise when you do something like that, right? And I would even argue that yeah. uh, great good Marvel films have done it too much, just like, like even in Thor Ragnarok. I like Thor Ragnarok, but it's joke ridden and you don't take it seriously. Like you don't like Thor is just a and at points just a fumbling joke machine at points. You know, where he's mm. like, you know, throwing a ball at the window and gets clubbed in the head. And like, it, it's, he's a, he becomes that a was sla- hilarious. It was funny, yeah. but like, you, you yeah. realize, like, I know what you mean. You realize that at points it's like, this is a joke. <laughs> it's more of a comedy than it is a superhero movie at points, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. And, and there's, there's something to be said for that. But what they did with Batman in that moment, and, and particularly most of that movie, is they, 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 made a they made a mockery of the character and ruined him really it's like you might as well just kill him now because and same with the flash like flash was essentially just a walking speeding joke (laughs) yeah yeah flash felt like he was straight out of marvel yeah everyone in uh, justice league like it feels like they picked on josh whedon just because man you did the avengers like you're gonna make a great movie for us that makes no sense. Yeah. Like they are two completely different universes. Yeah. It's... Yeah, and and I think it's not it's not even really fair to anyone else out there who could have directed a good DC film, right? Because it's like, why? I don't. <sighs> Josh Whedon would have such strong ties to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he would be as the executive producer, he would be so well versed in the competition of these films that it's almost unfair. To give him a film, a DC oh, film. Oh, totally. You know? Yeah, that's. And he was gonna do kinda, bad it's kinda crazy. What an incestuous like mess to to make of that film by bringing yeah, him on. It, I always thought that know, was super weird. I was like, are people really excited about yeah. this? Like, this isn't a good idea. He's he's been swimming in the Marvel pool for so long. Like, you yeah. don't mix. There's you don't so mix many, those two. There's so many talented directors out there who could have come on, stepped into Zack Snyder's shoes. Uh, produced a really good film, I think. They and wanted to have like, uh, Matthew Bond for Man Villeneuve, of Steel like, too. They wanted to have who? Matthew Bond 
That's Yvonne. They wanted him for ah. Man of Steel 2. I think he did a great job with X-Men First Class. He did a great job there. But he, he's, he's Guy Ritchie's uh, producer, and he did, like, The Kingsman and all that, right? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's who Matthew Vaughn is. He did The Kingsman? I didn't watch that one. Yeah. I, I thought I just, those were fun mm. movies. Both of yeah, them. Yeah, I think they're fun, but I, I don't think the... Yeah. I think tonally it's a, it's a, it's a wrong fit, personally. Um, I think you could have oh, got somebody like, yeah. like Denny Villeneuve, or whatever Villeneuve, yeah. who did Sicario. You know, oh great! Like, he could have done a fantastic job. He would fit so well in the DC universe. Yeah, that's the um, thing. You need that kind of. You need that dark, dark side to dip. That's what it's. That, that's to me what's been the thing that I've always loved about the DC side of it is. It's like me too. They, I've always appreciated that they kind of embrace the dark a little bit, like go for it. And that's yeah. always brought out a little bit more of an artistic touch to it. Like back to Alex's point uh, about Marvel, you don't really feel the, you, you, you don't notice the art direction in Marvel. And maybe for some people, that's a good thing. It's just like, here we are to watch a Marvel movie and it has a consistent look great. But mm. I always felt that when I watched man of steel, I was like, there is some there is a lot of consideration for making this film visually appealing yeah. and a lot of people yeah. complain about Zack Snyder doing this whole thing where he, you know, the watchman like frame for frame from the graphic novel. I think that's really awesome when you bring those shots in and you're like you give them their time on screen because it's mm -hmm. they're 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 <laughs> They're works of art, they're, and it's so awesome to Absolutely. see that on screen. It's like I want to see that picture moving just a little bit for, in in the real world, like to see Superman floating above the army when he first introduces himself at that uh, at that barricade in the desert. Oh man, it's like that is the coolest freaking thing. That is thing. amazing. Uh, that's yeah. just such a great shot. <laughs> then you just you you put it, him it, on oh. this like yeah. you you you, and that comes back to the scale of him, right? It's like you. He's such a small yeah. figure in the background in that scene, and he's just floating on this stark desert sky, and that's and he's Dude, facing like this crowd of people that are just looking up to him, and it's just like his power in that moment and the framing in that. Other Superman movies have done a lot yeah. of close-ups in those moments. They did such a great job yeah. of pulling back and just letting you soak in like, what a great moment that is just to see that yes 100 you know? and i i've uh, always found that very that's what i've always really enjoyed about man of steel is like these the flying through the sky and breaking the sound barrier like these these are like this is like oh dude that this is awesome this is that's actually it's you can see that and you're like he is you you've seen footage of an f-18 breaking the sound barrier it's yeah, just so cool exactly. to see like get i get the idea of what superman's capable of and it actually puts him yeah. in that like the physics of the real world and it makes it really interesting to watch you know i thought uh, i yeah, loved man. it like i i love the way that his he gets told like you're capable of anything like keep testing your strength that's the only way to find out how far you can actually go and then even after he's discovered how to fly like while he's fighting he's still continually learning you know, and then you get that amazing scene when he's uh, he's fighting the or he goes to India and he has to like destroy the Earth Builder, mm -hmm. and he gets sucked in right like he's he's getting chased by the machine as it's all trying to like grab him and then he gets thrown down by the gravity of the Earth Builder, and he has to stand up under the gravity of the Earth Builder and then f like 
summon the strength to fly through this thing. And it, the visual of that is just unbelievably stunning. He's carrying the, he's carrying the weight of two worlds on his shoulders in that moment, Dan. <laughs> Literally. The, thank you, The John. potential for a new Krypton <laughs> and the, the, the current Earth. It is such that, yes. and it, but it's all it, that it. That's just such an like a beautiful shot too. Like it, you've got this beam on him, and like the silence in that, and then also like the chaos, yeah. and it is really. But just then so, the music. Oh man, the music's great too in that. The film. music in this film is unbelievable. Oh. It tells such an emotional story. Yeah, and it's I, the I, soundtrack of any superhero movie from the DCU for sure, and Marvel movies. Totally, like Marvel movies yeah. have awful soundtracks. Like I, I can't remember any song from from their scores, but the Man of Steel score, like it's so powerful. Mm. Yeah, and Great. they they take the original theme and then they just re like they bring so much life and so much like resonance and energy to that that and like almost like a like a I would I don't want to say a darkness to it because it's still a very like victorious theme it's a very hopeful um, theme uh, through throughout yeah it. yeah but but like you know like the original one like it, it's very light and it, it, it doesn't have that like real big like base that like weights it you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah so it, they just create this like lower levels of the musical score that just give it such weight yeah it's amazing there's yeah, a like, there's yeah just Hans Zimmer using an electric guitar for superman it's so cool yeah, that was great. Mm. It's so such cool. an amazing. Uh, it's it's really awesome, actually. Yeah, when you notice it so much, and it really brings this presence to uh, to the music. It's it's very it's used very sparingly, or at least not not. It's just it has subtle tones throughout, which I just loved about that. It was so good. It was just everything about that film. Just the, you, I I feel like the thought that went into a lot of it was really underappreciated mm. and i think a lot of people were really i get the impression that a lot of people were passionate about being on this film and doing it doing it justice and uh yeah. i think that it didn't get its its appreciation for a lot of the ar- artistic successes of it there were failings like mm-hmm. lois lane's end line when they're kissing is horrible you know yeah. that that was a that yeah. was a terrible injection of a line no doubt yeah i guess what one thing we but, have to bring up here though is uh that we need to discuss is what do you think of superman killing zod because a lot dude, of people have an uh, issue with that okay uh, yeah um alex go, go ahead okay go ahead. i don't mind it because it was the it only sounds option like you're in pain yeah just because i don't like <laughs> yes it's out of character but it was the only option he had it was that or Sod would destroy the world. Like there's no other so way you, to stop him. And he mm-hmm. can't put so him you, back. He can't put him back in the in the Phantom, Phantom zone. zone. He can't. He doesn't know how to. Is that to. What, you, what you would have liked to see? No. No, I like that he killed him. That And how okay. he suffers, like the way he screams at the end, like yeah. that's so powerful. Yeah. I don't I, don't I thought it was. It. Yeah, no. I, I I've I, never had an issue with that, and I think it's really interesting. I understand why people have an issue with it, but if our if your precious characters aren't able to do something out of their norm and make ch- make choices that they regret or that and mm-hmm. like seriously regret, 
then they're not yeah. interesting characters anymore. We've seen Superman yeah. that won't kill. We've seen Batman that won't kill. We yep. get it. And frankly, we know that when he punches a lot of these people, either one of them, there's no way they made they're it out of that. Die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like internal but, bleeding. <laughs> yeah. Like Dude, with Batman, I, I find it so uh, funny that people get mad about him like ki- potentially killing people. I'm like, are you serious? Everybody yeah, he's like, that man has ever punched. This is the world's elite ninja. <laughs> Everything he's like <laughs> the way that the way that first of all, like the fact that they make Batman a ninja, it's like the whole training of being a ninja in like a like martial arts is to channel all of your force or like all of your chi through your fist or through your foot into that object to inflict the most amount of damage with the least amount of like energy exposure or something like that expenditure but that is the whole purpose of that martial art right it's 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 killing without weapons totally i i just it it, that's the exact same and i find it so funny when people are like well batman would never kill it's like it's about time he freaking did (laughs) i'm sorry i yeah man no i'm with you there too man like i love this ending when he kills zod i think it's so powerful and also this is the first iteration of superman we've seen but we've also seen him throughout the film want to kill you know when he's a kid he wants to beat those guys up he wants to kill them because he can and it's just essential well i don't know if it's necessarily that's a, just that's but he human would be that makes him human like it. the fact that exactly. he has that conflict between what's right and wrong yeah and so now I think when we when we have this film, the way that it's structured for him to not want to kill Zod, that's the thing, right? He doesn't want to do it. He says, Zod, don't. Don't make me do this. He's like, I will never stop, right? Like, you don't have an option. Mm-hmm. And he takes the difficult choice and he kills against his will. Well, um, wh- but I think it makes it will. even more powerful. Well, I don't think he he didn't really want to do that. He realized that he had to take the last Kryptonian life. And basic, and that's what I mean. And he, he, yeah. So it's he's stuck by he he's stuck by his decision again, not passive, active, and that's a that's a huge decision for him to make. And it also is a really it actually validates what's at risk that a lot of superhero yeah. films haven't allowed for, especially Superman films. Like apparently, a Kryptonian in that fight can snap the neck of somebody even after they've been sent through buildings for that amount of time you know and like punched the bu- <laughs> it's like he, he has the strength to take the life of another kryptonian on planet earth even though they're essentially gods so that 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 yeah. brings the stakes back up that you maybe didn't realize were there and that's and it also highlights that the, the decision that he's continuing to make which is he's having to make hard decisions he's having to make sacrifices mm-hmm. that he doesn't necessarily want to make but he knows that he if he doesn't do them then he's he's made then greater things are at risk so i I don't know i like that about it i liked it a lot actually i did too i i loved it i loved the choice to let him do it i thought it was shot beautifully i thought you feel the emotionality of it like is that a word emotionality you feel the emotion of it you feel the choice that he has to make and i loved it apparently professionality is a word so emotionality might be. All right. Well, we'll we'll call the Oxford English Dictionary after this. You're gonna need the big one. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll submit it. Yeah. Anyways, Alex, I think that yeah, was a great point. Is the the pain that he suffers after taking a life, even the most evil person in the room, it's it it humanizes Superman again, right? Like he's mm-hmm. he's constantly 
he's constantly uh his his humanity and his immortality and his godlikeness are const are in constant conflict and they're juxtaposed all the time which is i thought that was and that and they really it really culminated in that moment and i thought that that was a really great choice to make in the film and i know a lot of people hated it but it worked for me and another thing too about zod i thought that he was a great villain as well in this film he is so, like he's he a great villain. is he's like a i i think that it's really interesting uh avengers infinity war was praised for thanos being a great villain with motives and uh a relatable villain and I agreed yeah. with that. I loved, I loved uh, Infinity War. I thought it was such a great, fun movie and well balanced, great villain. But they've been scolded for their boring, like just I'm an evil guy and I want to take over the world. Zod had that for them to nail a good villain or at least a decent villain right out of the gate that has uh, relatable motives, survival motives, care for his his race and his purpose and has a purpose even though he's incredibly evil and just doesn't care about the earth or humans at all and sees them as useless, he has legitimate motives that make sense. And you're like, he's just trying to preserve. It's, it, it's a, it's a film about preservation on both ends, but from different, yeah. like from Zod's and um, Cal's um, or Jarrell's uh, perspective. Right. Which is yeah, which is and that, really great. That is, that is the difference between them, right? It's like I think I think you you brought this up in a conversation we had a few years ago, John. And I really like the point is that Zod is bred for one thing, you know. Like this is the the state of Krypton at the beginning of this film is that people aren't born, people aren't given choices, people are bred and designed to do one specific thing in their culture. So when you come against a character like that, who you know, even the the woman says it, she's like. Your moral compass makes you weak. Like, we're amoral. These things don't bother us. Killing people doesn't bother us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, these it's just like, this is a killing machine. Like, he's only doing what he knows how to do. He doesn't know how to do anything else. Yeah. So, then you you, you bring in his sort of foil in, in Kal-El, who, who knows choice and is choosing to do something, but something he doesn't necessarily want to do. Zod only knows how to to kill and to perpetuate Kryptonian life existence, but uh, Kal-el he doesn't know that he he has to choose what he wants to do and he chooses to defend Earth and he chooses to end a life and I think that those juxtapositions are really cool, really really interesting. But Zod's also and his army experiences loss and <clears throat> and mourns for Krypton when they come out of the, the Phantom planet, Zone. Yeah. You know, like they yeah. they have a certain um, humanity to them, despite being bred for for war and and being amoral, essentially, right? But they yeah. they say she says she's amoral, but she they in that scene, but they're they're fighting for what they believe is right in their own eyes. It's just which is a which is what all more, villains do. Yeah, it's a little bit more black and white in that sense, but. I thought mm-hmm. they did a good job of doing that, and that—that's the thing. It's like I think it's a very uh, discussable movie, which is which is an awesome thing. Like there really are a lot of things to talk about. I can't say that. Yeah. I it it was it was it wasn't like fun necessarily across the board. 
there are some fun moments, but for the most part, it's and another thing, by the way, the humor element um, that I thought was interesting is when he start, starts trying to fly for the first time and like he's like yeah. having a good time and then he falls out of the sky and gets creamed yeah. by a mountain. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like that's funny, but they he's alone in the he's, don't... he's alone in the middle of nowhere and he's not going to make a, you know, fourth wall breaking joke here a wink wink to the the audience like that was funny it was like you watch it and you're like the music stops it just kind of has its own humor to it that isn't exactly explicit and then yeah. he moves on and like the emotional moment that they do like it's not this like spike of humor and then back into it, which i think is a great example of how well balanced the humor is in it it doesn't push outside of the boundary of the world you don't leave yes, that world. you're never aware of it. Because as yeah, soon as he very good. as soon as he recovers from that, the emotional aspect to it is yeah. like you will stand <sighs> with them Dude. in the sun. That's when that happens. And he's and he, yeah. he he that's when he breaks the sound barrier. That's when he when he like the snow is moving around his fist and he's he's gathering his oh, energy man. to actually fly. Like that's a really interesting uh level of humor and keeping in the moment that i think um a lot of people take took for granted in this film so i just thought it was interesting but anyways yeah very cool by the way i want to make a little note about this i worked with um one of zod's soul uh zod's scientist me too mackenzie gray oh yeah mackenzie gray yeah, yeah I, I, I worked yeah. with him in uh in uh he was a he was a talent in a radio spot I wrote and I Oh no way. Yeah, and so I was directing him and uh yeah. <laughs> and he was freaking awesome, just an absolute pro. He came in, it was my first uh it was my first like full on radio spot that I kinda ran. And he came in, he was uh-huh. a super nice guy, super high energy and just like killed the spot in like four or five takes and then he left wow. and uh they we, we I talked to him for a little bit he was just like a really interesting go- dude no knew all these people yeah. and i was like man what a great yeah. guy and then the the producer yeah. in the studio is like oh yeah mackenzie like he's a legend man like he's uh he's just a great guy like everybody everyone's like he's worked I, I, on I so many him. i worked with him on a future you, i was with him for 3 weeks yeah yeah, we became kind of close those three weeks, and I was like, after one week, I was like really shy with him. And like, yeah. man, I saw I saw you on Man of Steel. What can you tell me about that film? He was sharing these stories yeah. about it. He brought pictures from the set. He was telling uh, me, tell us, tell us the story. Tell yeah, us the story. Well, like, this is great I, stuff. I, yeah, I asked, I love this I asked stuff. the guy, like, well, I remember you from Man of Steel, and he's like, yeah, I was there. I was the scientist. I was in charge of. Crypto, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Like, man, yeah, that was yeah. awesome. How I was working with Zack Snyder? And the guy was telling me the guy knows his, his shit. Like, the guy really knows yeah. what he's doing. Like, he pays so much attention to every single detail. He showed me pictures of how the whole green, green screen room was, like the whole set. They mm-hmm. had, like, huge china balls that would light up every time an explosion was supposed to happen. And so, the, like, the lighting and the explosion was real. It was not made in... Oh, with CGI, cool. nice. he was wow. telling all the stories, like how secretive it was that everyone's cell phone was taken out the moment they walked yeah. on set because there yeah. was this guy mm-hmm. who managed to get his cell phone 
on set and took a picture of Henry Cavill with the Superman suit. Oh, man. Uh, that guy must have got his ass sued. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, the guy I did got that, I did so much struggle. Yeah. And, yeah, oh, he dude, was... Dude, I worked... Just, just hang on, hang yeah. on. I worked on... Um, I did a few days or several days on um, World of Warcraft when that was in... They were shooting that in Vancouver and I was a soldier in a whole bunch of the scenes. But they had us sign non-disclosure agreements. Like, we... Like, just as an extra, we were not allowed to take pictures in our costumes no like nothing like that we had to cover up we had to wear like trench coats while we walked from the extras holding tent to the set because there's paparazzi around but one guy okay so this is in our contract if you posted a picture of you in your costume uh on social media you were fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars for one photo what i was on set one day oh yeah that's how that's how insane it was i was on set one day and uh, we're all in our costumes waiting to go on. And I love they stop. They... Somebody somebody comes in. It's one of the first, first assistant directors or something like that. And they're like, they point this one guy out. They're like, you, come here. This guy had posted a picture of himself. He got fired. He got freaking sued, man. Like, Oh, man. That is like it's crazy. That's so mean, though. No, it's like never... you're an extra already. They're not really even paying you. In some cases, I'm guessing they're no. Not. You're you're not making you're not making good money. You're getting paid, but it's like it's really it, unless you're a union extra, you get paid a lot better. But as a non-union extra, you're only making maybe twelve, thirteen bucks an hour on that. <laughs> oh, not but only like, is it not good be... pay, but if you do if you're even a little bit overexcited about it, your life's over. <laughs> it's like, oh, dude, the like, worst job ever, wait, dude. They. <laughs> They were telling you though. They told you every time, like yeah, fair no enough. photos. You are not allowed. If you post this, it's in your contract. Like it's it's serious business, man. Oh, for sure. But it's just so funny. Like you're you're ruined. <laughs> yeah, yeah you you're completely oh. ruined. But it's just it's just so stupid. It's so stupid. Why would you do that? Yeah, and and if they tell you not to do it, like that's kind of dumb. Like just don't do it. Yeah, don't do no, it. yeah. This guy, yeah, this guy obviously. really really shared some really cool stories so i took a couple of pictures with him yeah yeah, yeah. he's, yeah, he's, he's uh, show, really show, cool. show the audience the photos alex show yeah, the audience the, the uh, yeah right <laughs> <laughs> here you can see the both of us <laughs> but yeah he was uh i i really enjoyed working with him too he was really really funny just like he, he's super, really talented and he, he was he, he oh he's a fantastic voice actor like he just he just slayed it. It was unreal. It was he was the he's one of the best talents I've ever worked with. Actually, he was super yeah. fun to just. He's just he's so with. cool. Like, like I didn't even I was, realize who I, was I was a gaffer in that film, and yeah, I, I just I watching knew, that film like, last night. Like the moment I saw him, like I have I have a very good eye with with actors. Like I'm I'm obsessed with that stuff. So at the moment I see one, it's like man, that's that's a guy. I'm gonna go and <laughs> I have a funny story. Once here in Mexico, I saw Jared Leto like. I don't know, like a hundred meters away from me. And it was like in 2008 or something. And I yeah. saw the guy and I just couldn't hold myself. So I, was, I was young and stupid. And I just screamed like, there's Jared Leto. And I started running towards him. And his security <laughs> people just <laughs> covered him and put him in this van. <laughs> he just fangirled him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he felt like this guy is going to kill him. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you'd so seen, if maybe you were, maybe you would have if you'd seen Suicide Squad, but this was pre yeah, this was yeah, pre Suicide was like, Squad. This is yeah, this was Suicide what had he been in in 2008? Like, yeah. <laughs> You're never going to be the Joker again. <laughs> you ruined the Joker. I actually was pretty excited for him to be Joker, actually. I was very disappointed in what happened there.
the moment I saw it, okay. Was... Speaking of Joker, guys, how about um, Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker? I'm excited. Have you guys seen the in pictures the of him? No. Oh, a couple in of pictures. Not not in costume. Just look at them. It's like before yeah. he turns into the Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think they're doing um, Google the Killing them. Joke, aren't they? It's not the Killing Joke, but they are basing like in a couple comic oh, books. Like, you know joke, that they yeah. like the, various origin stories, various right? origin stories, and they're gonna mix a couple of them up. For what I see yeah. and what you can tell in the pictures, like it looks like yeah. he has like a clown school or something like that, and mm-hmm. he works there. Well. I think if they are using the Killing Joke, I think this is a fantastic uh, casting for him because I think you get such a great range with Joaquin Phoenix. You know, like in the Killing Joke, I believe he's the the failed comedian, right? And he's got a yeah. wife and a kid. He's a really nice guy, and then he gets mi- mixed up with the mob, right? Yeah. And from there it goes with the red uh, red cape or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. What is it called? Yeah. But um, the red hoods. Yeah. Red. I'm showing red hoods you the are, pictures. Yeah. But. Um, you, you like Joaquin Phoenix is such an interesting actor because he he you can you can get that sense of like failure and loneliness like he doesn't her you know he's just this kind of almost pathetic but just very lonely but likable character and then you also get that psychotic socio psychopath that he is in Gladiator so I think this this could be a fantastic Joker it, I think it will like I'm not sure about how I feel about the director. Todd Phillips, like he did The Hangover. Okay. But like if Joaquin Phoenix said yes to that script, it's because it's good. He has to believe yeah. in it. He doesn't He doesn't have to do no, it. No, and after doing The Master, Gladiator, after yeah. having so many iconic yeah. roles, I don't think he would go for a... No, because he's a real movie. artist. Yeah, so I'm excited is, for it. Is, uh, is this falling inside of the DCEU? It must be out of it, no, I'm guessing. No, they, they are doing like this... Like, like they're making like another universe in movies that they don't have anything to do really with the, with the DCU. Like Jared Leto remains the Joker for the DCU. If they do not reboot it after, yeah, it's kind of weird. But Mm. it might like what I think they might do is that they are gonna see how this works, and if it works, they're gonna start building a universe. With that Joker and maybe with a new Batman, because I read somewhere that also the Mad Reeves Batman film is going to be a standalone. It's not going to have right. anything to do with uh, with the DCU. And is Ben Affleck on board for that? No, Ben is Affleck is out. Well? Like Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill. Yeah. Like Ben Affleck is completely official. Henry Cavill is, like yeah. I said before, like ninety five percent. And everybody oh, really like, Ben Affleck's officially out. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. I think that was a wasted Batman. Yeah, I think I, so uh, too. It's so I was I, really excited when they cast him. I remember when uh, I was reading uh, in 2009 when they came out with the Green Lantern. Everyone got really excited about Ryan Reynolds, but I had I had spent so much time that summer in the Green Lantern universe, and I just went, no, no, no yeah. this is not the right casting choice. He's too sarcastic. He doesn't have enough darkness and depth to him at this at that point in his career well he was too uh, he was, he's always just, been ryan reynolds he's kind of like a tom yeah. Cruise. like you just can't get out of that ryan reynolds vibe he's always like a little like he's perfect for um deadpool, deadpool because he's yeah. like he breaks the fourth wall he is outside of the film yeah. he, he's too big of a personality I, yeah. to be captured inside the frame like it's too he is too much himself which is why he works yeah, really so well I, for deadpool 
not exactly exactly and i think that that's a great casting choice but i thought when they did green lantern you needed somebody with a lot more uh pain to play hal jordan yeah and then uh and then when they they cast ben affleck everyone was like oh my god ben affleck and i was like no 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 this is a great choice and i think it was and i think it's a it's an unfortunate short outing for it someone is, who I did think it he, he yeah, really had who did a good something, job something good to do in yeah. the universe i like I like that they didn't necessarily reboot Batman. You know, they in um, Justice League, they're like, well, he's been doing it for 20 years in Gotham, and they just kind of establish him as the Batman that we already know. You know, we don't need to see a re a, a revamp, but you know. People we got don't need another so, Batman Begins. People got so upset that they ran his origin story in the credits. I was like, guys, just chill out. Like, that to me was like, everybody complains about and nitpicks on this stuff so much. It's yeah. like, guys, they did it in the credits. Let's just relax. Like, <laughs> and was, and I, th- I thought and it was for me. It was it was beautiful. It, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, it's the best Wayne's dead scene that I've seen. Yeah, it was really well done. It was fantastic, yeah. and the yeah. the whole pearls uh, w- with the uh, with the uh, um, the chamber gun. coming back. Yeah, the gun. Yeah, like, it was so graphic. Like how the like the pupil. Yeah. Goes big the pearls and, and everything. Dilate. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's no, totally. So, it's yeah. like. It's powerful yeah. images, and yeah, but you know how it is. Like, uh, people need to stop complaining about this kind of things and just go enjoy the film. Be here's the thing. Tell me. Uh, I, this is this is where I want to really commend DC. Is that they have had the balls to take real artistic risks. You know, like like the openings with uh, the Batman and and Superman. Batman versus Superman and the way that they designed the films, I think they did such a good job in those original, in in taking risk, taking dramatic risk and character risks and things that people might not necessarily like. And I think where they really kind of shot themselves in the foot is that A, they tried to replicate Marvel and then they just started listening to the to the fans or the, not the fans, the diehards, the the insane radical people who are just so obsessed they can't handle anything that's not oh, officially canon. The the corporate side of filmmaking has become a little pushover. It's just unreal. Yeah. It's like step step off audience, let the uh, let the people who are they've hired to do the job do the job and stop complaining, you know? It's just Yeah. Maybe we've Sit been back a bit, and enjoy maybe we've been a doing film and, and, <laughs> <laughs> and here we are saying it on a podcast that critiques the work of all these artists. <laughs> but I think we've been very uh, nice. Are we? I, uh, yeah. I, I think critiquing is different than criticizing, though. Yeah. It, it, when it I comes don't, to I don't think we're being like, unfair. This is how we've always done it. And that's like what, it, yeah. like, what does that phrase mean to businesses? Well, it means destruction. It means failure. Yeah. It means bankruptcy. And you're listening to a bunch of whiny people who want it done the way they always had it. I'm sorry, that's not going to be interesting. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah. It's very, uh, very. Yeah, you know, it's it's you you kind of miss that era of filmmaking when when the the public didn't have a say. You know, and they that, almost didn't even make... have a voice. That, like you couldn't even hear them. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, they they the the bottom line was was the box office. But even then, it was so many films were about art yeah. you know making taking it taking a risk and, and making artistic choices now it's all about yeah. making money so 
Yeah, it's definitely. But, yeah, I mean, that's always been part of it. You know, it is a film no, business. No, exactly, it's an but, but, but like the art needs to be a but big yeah, part th- of it. And the moment, like, th- that's the reason why we have so many bad films right now because they're more concerned about, hey, how many products can we put in one film? How many yeah. brands can we? I don't know. Like, it's just, I need. I really think that the Studio X needs to needs to step down, let these people do their job. And that's it. That's it. Especially when let the artists let the artists make art. Well, especially yeah. and, and especially when like, like you're because I hate hippies, but but you know like this is this is not this is not fun anymore. Like there are so many movies that have been ruined because of studio executives go and change things just because they feel that they are not right and they really are not filmmakers. They are just businessmen. Yeah, it's like too many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing it's the hobbit all over again and especially when you have the audience in the kitchen well then you're really gonna get a bad bad piece of crap i've heard so many horror stories about test screenings that people go around Mm -hmm. saying like you know what i don't think Darth Vader should be luke's father it should it it makes no sense at all like you know how much the film could change if you do that like the whole yeah, trust your artistic well, instinct with like don't worry about what some of these everybody thinks they're an expert once they get into that movie theater, right? Like it's yeah. it's yeah. a dangerous thing to listen to try to please everybody. So, yeah. it is. It's kind of Some of the worst mistakes that I've made in in my, you know, short and brief filmmaking career was, was listening to somebody else and not trusting myself as a filmmaker. And I think when you do that, you definitely make mistakes because i feel like when you're creating something it's your art and and your instinct is going to be the right one yeah that's what you we should always negotiate for final cut which is very yeah, hard luck. nowadays <laughs> yeah no, no like right now you yeah. have to be you have to be jj abrams or steven spielberg to get that because nobody gets it i i yeah uh, i don't want to start on jj yeah, but he gets final cut all the yeah, time yeah i know but all the time I think I think that that is. Never mind, JJ. Thank you. Well, I won't say anything. <laughs> you don't have to thank him. You can say you hate him. Go to hell. No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. But yeah, please. Um, okay, so what do you? Is there anything else? Have we covered everything in this film. I think we've talked for over ninety minutes. So maybe, maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. just. Yeah. <laughs> I think this was a th- this is a film I love to talk about. So yeah, it's good. there's a lot to digest, there's, and I, yeah, there's so much. And I think one of the advice we can say to people is that just enjoy movies and stop overthinking about them. Just enjoy them. Yeah, and 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 also let movies sit for a while. You know, like I, I'll, I'll use a cooking analogy. You know, like you cook a steak. And there's, there's that built-in sitting time where it, you, you've cooked it, but then it still continues to cook once it's off the grill, you know? And I think if you look at movies kind of like that as well, it's like that just because they've been released doesn't mean like in the cultural consciousness or in their relevancy that they're immediately done and set in stone. I think these, that these films age in a, in a particular way yeah. that once you get distance from them, once they're you know hot, once they've cooled a little bit off the grill, then uh, then you're really gonna see some flavor and 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 really enjoy something that you might not have noticed right away. Totally. So, 
So you guys want to rate the film? Out of 10? You go first, Alex. Yeah. I will give it a 7 out of 10. Interesting. Seven out of ten. That's yeah. what I gave. That's what I gave. Mission Impossible six, and everybody yeah. gave this me is, a this, heart. Was surprised. This is my vengeance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you rated my film bad, so I'll rate your film bad. Yeah. That's still a B. Uh, yeah. I'll go. I, I'll go as an eight with this film. I, I feel like this is a good, good solid eight. I only, I only dock it for just a little too much. Too much action. I would like to see a little bit more uh, character development and, and a little more building of the movie. Okay. I'm uh, If that's where the scale's at right now, I would probably... I would put it at... Uh, I would put it at higher than an 8. I would put it at 8.5. I won't, I won't put it at a 9 because I think it has to be something a little bit more i would agree that there was a bit some of the action was a a little bit too long and some of the cheesy moments were um sometimes at moments a little too cheesy a little too cheesy but i love the film and i think an eight and a half is a fantastic score for a good enjoyable movie that i will always love to watch uh every year (laughs) every year Okay. Well, guys, this has been a, another fun discussion. We hope you as our audience enjoyed listening. And if you have any comments, feel free to write to us. Um, try and figure out where. Alex, do you know where they can write to us? To our Instagram channel. It's Film Buffs. Or you can write us to our email, filmbuffschannel at gmail.com. Wow. I didn't even know those existed. Uh, well to all our fans out there thank you so much for tuning in yet again thank you henry cavill for listening we love you Uh, you know if this is if this is henry cavill's last outing i want to say thank you i think you did a good job you looked great and uh look forward to seeing you and more so handsome henry Handsome Henry is what we there, call him. Dude, he looks like he's chiseled out of marble. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, wow, yeah. Much handsome. Well, yeah, we will miss you, Henry. You did a fantastic job as the Man of Steel. And, well, I guess we'll see you at dinner next week. Yeah. Next week. In Thank in you, Metropolis. Henry. We'll see you in Metropolis next week. Yeah. That's Love right. you, Henry. You, uh, you have lovely dreamy eyes. Yeah, uh, Henry Cavill only quit as Superman. He's actually still working at the Daily Planet now. (laughs) He's still got. He's maintaining his role as Clark Kent. Yeah, (laughs) that's the only thing that he quit as. Yeah, just Superman. Yeah, no, no, Superman is gonna be Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. (laughs) All right. I'll see you guys. All right. See you, everybody. Have a good week, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Bye bye. 